Hey everyone, you got uh, Casey and Sam here with Key Sam Engineering Services. Uh, this is the Key Sam podcast. Um, we're back with you uh, after a couple weeks off. Here we had uh, quite a few big life um, events and things that are going on in our lives that kind of uh, take some time up. And um, so we're hopping back on today to kind of give you a little update and then kind of walk you through some of the services we've already provided to uh, one of our clients and that sort of thing. So Sam, why don't you jump in and uh, let us know what you've been up to? So, uh, uh, yeah, since we kind of did our last podcast, probably almost a month and a half or so ago, uh, we've done quite a few different things. I, uh, ran a big relay race from Omaha, Nebraska to Lincoln, Nebraska with a team. It's called market to market. And then I, uh, so that was a little bit of an adventure about, about 13 miles total, uh, that I ran. And then it's a total of about 78 miles, uh, from Omaha to Lincoln, uh, in the trail that we ran, uh, it was definitely a very interesting experience and taught me a lot about, uh, my own, um, health and wellness and fitness and training for something that's more, uh, larger endurance, you know, throughout the day, although, you know, you're not running all day uh, and it runs in segments and team races, you know, there's still a lot to be learned for a new, runner slash endurance type person like myself. Uh, and so I did that. Um, and then the most recent thing is I just spent about a week down in Kansas, uh, bow hunting and, uh, chasing white-tailed deer. Unfortunately, uh, I did not shoot anything or really get in range to shoot anything of any substantial size. So, uh, I have not, I did not fill my tag, but I'm going to try and go back down there again. Uh, we know we're in the peak of rut, but uh, that being said, the weather did not cooperate. It was quite warm, so it was pretty tough to get any type of movement out of the deer and, and get them to cooperate with what we're uh, we're trying to do, obviously, to make a, a kill on a good, you know, mature, bigger white-tailed deer down there. And so, obviously, me and Dad were down there. Um, Dad ended up getting a deer that he thought was bigger, I believe, than what was ended up getting, but... All in all, we had a good time uh, down there. It's good to get away from just work in general. And, uh, the, you know, then mainly just did Halloween with the kiddos and uh, had my daughter's birthday and some other things going on. So that's always, you know, keeps me pretty busy. What uh, what have you had been going on? Yeah, so um, Christian and I have built a house. We moved in mid-October. Um, we've kind of finally settled in. Um, since then, you know, we've, we're due to have a baby in January. So, um, baby showers and diaper keggers and all those sorts of things. We're coming up on our last, uh, baby shower that coming up this next weekend. Um, so then we'll have a lot of our weekends free again, uh, which would be nice, but those are the things that are been taking up our time. It's just moving from one place to the next, getting the new place set up and, you know, all those other things. Uh, one other unexpected event that kind of took place was, uh, Kristen's cars, uh, brakes needed to be replaced and um, it's one of those cars we've had a while and we kind of consider it a beater it's starting to rust out and so we couldn't justify buying new brakes so we decided to sell that car um, for only a couple hundred bucks and then we ended up getting our new Chevy Equinox I should say new to us um, it's a 2014 so um, lower miles than usual it was just a runner car for an old gentleman um, so there wasn't that many miles on it so it's a it was a good switch for us it's a little bit safer for the new child coming into our lives so 
Um, those are the kind of the biggest things uh, going on in our lives right now. And um, we up in Wisconsin are in the middle of a nine day rifle deer hunt. Um, and I actually was able to harvest a deer yesterday morning, um, a nice, decent sized 10 pointer, uh, very large body, very heavy um, deer. And uh, fortunately, I had a, some help carrying that deer out of the woods, you know, a UTV, a winch on the UTV, um, and then obviously some um, good quality hunters. Uh, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself an avid hunter, but uh, people are able to kind of show me the ropes, tell me what I need to do. And uh, so the deer's already at the processing place and all that sort of thing. So those are the things I've been up to. Um, so yeah, Sam, how was your, um, nice. how was your Kansas hunt? You know, now that you don't have a, you didn't fill your tag, do you get a time limit to go back and fill it? Or is it one of those things you kind of use it or you bought it, but you weren't able to use it and lose it? Uh, so the Kansas season, I believe, is open from some time. Like, uh, so my tag is a bow only tag, um, and so we can u- I can utilize it. I think until the end of this year, so like end of December. Now it's just a matter of uh, their rifle season. I believe starts the end, like the beginning of next week, or maybe this weekend. So obviously, you know, the next couple weeks or two weeks is probably not going to work and with thanksgiving being this week and me being gone for you know eight nine days uh doing that the first go around i gotta just uh let brie and the kids and get back to kind of some normalcy and figure out uh when would be a good time to go down there and try and get you know harvest another deer so i have till about the end of the year to get down there um and, and try and make something happen, <laughs> excuse me, make something happen as far as uh, getting a buck harvested on the ground. Uh, I also do have a doe tag down there, and I definitely had opportunities to shoot a doe, but being that it's rut, you know, part of the thing is uh, letting those mature bucks chase the does and hopefully get them into an area in which you can make, uh, you know, a, a harvest on them. And the does are definitely, we're still running around with their yearlings. And a few of them that I had seen were pretty mean or uh, mean in the sense of they're weaning their those deer off of them because they're <laughs> all looking to become pregnant here shortly. And obviously they don't, they don't want to have that much competition for the food or to get bread. Oh, right, right. So, <clears throat> so I haven't, uh, I haven't like made any solidified plans to go back down Obviously, nice thing for me versus dad is, you know, I'm only two and a half hours away from the area in which I'm uh, eligible to hunt uh, because Kansas is a, a draw state where you put in, but you need to put in for um, certain zones or districts uh, for each of the <clears throat> areas in Kansas. Uh, and obviously, the ones that are more sought after areas typically have more people. Sometimes they have more tags, but the tags are based on like, you know, the deer overall deer population. Right, right. In those areas. So I wasn't able to harvest anything right right at the moment. Uh, but hopefully I can get back out uh, to get, you know, get something done. We uh, here in Nebraska, though, rifle season just ended on Sunday here. So uh, I didn't buy any tags here in Nebraska for the year. They don't have, you know, the greatest places to hunt or you know, even scout. So right now that's kind of my plan is play it by ear and get through at least this first holiday season and then kind of make a plan from there. 
Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, like you said, kind of got to yeah. get get a little bit more uh, normalcy back to the family and life day to day. You know, it's everybody's in a routine, and then dad's gone, and then it's kind of goes out the window. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so that happens. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's just uh, I got you know I left would be Wednesday, November eighth, and I didn't come home till the fifteenth. Well, yeah, the fifteenth, and so. Um, you know, like you said, you, you had a lot of great hunters, uh, fortunate for us in Kansas, when dad harvested his deer, we were able to get it butchered and scun or at least deboned enough to where we could bring the meat back. And we brought the meat back here to Omaha and then me and dad actually processed most of what we could by, you know, we cut the loins out in the back straps, you know, pretty typical. And then we had that quartered. And we pretty much deboned, uh, trimmed all the fat, and then I have a grinder uh, at the house and stuff. Uh, as I'm kind of, I like doing that kind of stuff and processing my own meat. So we, I did grind. I was able to grind everything for Dad and vacuum pack it, and then he was able to. We froze it in my deep freezer, and then we're able to ship it home with him uh, so that he could have. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that's gonna fill the freezer for a while. That's his second deer this season, so. Um... Yeah, and, I, and I'd say your uh, deer is going to fill your freezer for quite some time as well. Being, I, you know, I don't, I just saw pictures, but I think you're being a little modest on it's a, you know, it's a really nice deer, especially for northern Wisconsin where we, where we uh, hunt at or where you guys were hunting at, and uh, to take that deer over rifle season is always awesome. Yeah, yeah, and, and actually, and, you know, I would say it, it kind of shocked me actually because um, I've been hunting for I don't know twelve or so, you know, more than that. Um, uh, see, I'm 27, 28. Oh, geez. Um, 14 years ish or more, yep. um, hunting that long. And I've never really seen during rifle season, I should say, um, big bucks chasing deer. Like they're still in rut. Like I haven't, it's been, it's pretty rare to see that. And that's what I was seeing Sunday morning. I saw that three or four times, actually, um, three different deer chasing does and um yeah it was just crazy and that just happened to be one of the bigger ones um and i saw two bucks come in both chasing separate does both on the all everybody on the same trail coming right at me uh and since i'm not an experienced hunter i was like okay i have to take the first shot i see or else i'm gonna screw this up so um took them and i pretty much uh didn't wait for like a nice uh <laughs> broadside shot i just pretty he kind of turned his head a little bit and I put it right through his neck. Uh, so it, it wasn't, the heart was fully intact. Nothing, no, none of the organs were damaged. He just bled right out of the neck. So, um, yeah, not, not the greatest hunter, but I got it done, I guess. So, well, that's what counts is just getting it done. And I mean, at the end of the day, obviously a neck shot is not maybe the most ideal, but if that's the shot you have and you're a good shot, then, and you're rifle sighted in, that makes sense. Right, right. So you saw a total of like three or four bucks that day? Yeah. So I'm pretty sure I saw for sure three, maybe four. Um, another weird thing I saw yesterday, I'd never seen this before. There was about 10 or 11 does and yearlings running in little circles, like a big 25-yard radius circles in, through the woods and like continuously moving. And there, there's this one young buck, and I, I only see flashes of it with its antlers, about a six-pointer, um, just nose to the ground. A ground just kind of chasing them all and they're just running everywhere and then 
between me and the other hunter near in my area. They're just going back and forth in this area. It's just the oddest thing. I've never seen that before. And then eventually they had moved off. And then uh, about an hour later is when I saw those other two bucks. So, yeah, it's a lot of action. So not used to that. This is one of the first years hunting on uh, private land, um, which has been kind of nice. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it was a good experience overall. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's helpful, you know, just getting your own meat and being a little bit self-sustaining is always nice. And obviously there's, you know, some people don't like deer meat, but I say overall, that's probably some of the healthiest meat you can get. You know, it's very lean. You have to add some fat, but you can make a lot of good things with it. And this, the overall, uh, I think nutrition value is great. Yeah. Uh, Kristen and I have actually started kind of figuring out what we do with, um, we have a bunch of ground venison from previous years. Um, so we've done tacos, which turned out really well. Uh, we've done sloppy joes. Uh, I was able to eat the sloppy joes, no problem. Kristen, not so much. Um, she didn't like it. Uh, but one of her coworkers said, if you're going to do sloppy joes, mix it with uh, half and half uh, beef and venison, uh, and it should taste a lot better. So we're going to try that next time around, uh, probably in a couple weeks. So, yeah, we have a lot of venison we got to eat up. We just got to figure out the recipes that are going to work for us. Oh yeah, for sure. I think that's, that's a big thing is the recipes. Uh, you know, I, I will, uh, I don't, I'm, I'll admit Brie won't really eat too much deer, so I'm on my own, but I like a lot of tacos and sloppy joes and that kind of stuff as well. So I think uh, venison chili is also really awesome. You know, I, uh, I like to add a little bit of bacon to mine, but, um, just chop it up and add into the chili to give it a little more fat as you cook it down, you know, right. Versus right. having such just lean, lean meat. Yeah. I hear you there. So, you know, on another note, I think what we got to talk about a little bit today is probably, you know, I recently did some weld engineering consulting for a, a client and, or for a, you know, a client, I guess you can call them somebody that reached out and was just looking for us actually looking for me to do some work for them. And essentially at the end of the day, they were building a, uh, an, a, they were having and designing a new um, large industrial component for a facility. And the material that they were going to select and use based on the engineering properties and chemical properties and such that for this piece of equipment would work the best was a steel that is a little bit less common of um, it's less common in the welding industry. It's more common in, um, you know, I would say machining and um, it just has high wear and high um, hardness capabilities, which is what was needed for this one particular component in this uh, big, large assembly. And they had other consultants, other engineers consult on the design and that side of the work. What they were looking for for B and what I have pretty much provided is um, knowing the material, the weld joint um, configuration, and a little bit about how they want to get this piece of equipment done and the overall size was put together a couple different, not welding procedure specifications, but uh, a welding procedure and more of like a manufacturing um, weld step process, which then they passed on or were going to pass on to their fabricator to ensure that this fabricator 
who doesn't have you know a welding engineer and is is really good a really good manufacturer and a good welding uh, shop from my understanding but just wanted to have some input from a welding engineer and somebody that really uh, understands kind of the background of the welding side of things uh, just in this one particular instance. So some of the things I helped them with was the preheat temperatures uh, and preheat as far as uh, an inner, excuse me, preheat and inner pass temperatures. And then what might be some effective ways. Now they had already contacted and been in communication with a heat treatment company that was going to help the fabricator get some of this done uh, because <clears throat> they knew that this was going to be a requirement. The other thing was I helped them kind of give them some guidance on what things I would look for or what things I'd be careful for during the welding process of, and what during the welding and also selecting the correct welding process and welding wire. And so they have two shop joints and a field, two field joints, I believe that need to be made. And so just getting um, a few different, uh, things, you know, um, getting some of that, you know, what wire would be good that they could use in the shop and in the, uh, field. And then what would the procedure qualification look like? You know, how are they going to, how and what materials will they need to buy to get the correct welding procedure specification qualified in order for them to have to only potentially just do one um, PQR uh, procedure qualification record so that it covers the thickness, the inner pass temperature, the material grades, the filler metal grades, uh, and meeting all that. All the work was done to, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, AWS, so American Welding Society, and I believe the code they were going to follow was AWS D1.1 which is kind of the standard structural code. And uh, how did that project end up? So you kind of finished it, right? And what was kind of the feedback from the client? Were they happy with what you provided with them? Was it satisfactory? Was there anything else you had to add to it for their request or how did that go? Uh, so I, I made up kind of a preliminary document and got that off to them. Uh, they had some questions and then a couple of their technical people uh, had a few questions and a few things they would like me to add. Uh, overall, just some other information in there. Uh, I think the overall feedback was good. Uh, I haven't got much feedback since, but I know that they were on a qu pretty quick timeline, which <clears throat> I did not understand when I kind of took on this as a, uh, as a project for myself. As you know, we both, as we've talked, have full-time jobs and, uh, so overall, I think it was a good experience for me, a good learning experience. And then it was also good for the customer and got them in the range of what, you know, what they're looking for and also making sure that their fabricator and then their end customer will have a good product and a successful product. I haven't heard too much back from them since. Uh, I just did follow up with an email this morning to them to make sure everything was that that they wanted from me, but I haven't gotten any feedback back at this time. Okay. I gotcha. Well, that's good to hear. Um, and like I said, you know, let me know if I need, can help you out at all, but uh, it sounds <coughs> like you got it uh, pretty well taken care of. And um, I've heard, you know, you, we kind of mentioned off air, but 
Um, you might have other clients interested. Is there any traction there as well? Uh, there's been a little bit of traction, but uh, to be honest with you, with <clears throat> just like we both said, uh, being pretty busy and I was pretty focused on my Kansas hunt that was coming up. So I do have some people locally that are looking for some weld uh, engineering from a welders welding procedure specification standpoint and a PQR <clears throat> stand, uh, standpoint who don't have a welding program today but are looking to get a welding program or kind of start a welding program right? in which <clears throat> they're just looking for a way, mainly they're um, – they're, they're organizations in which have maintenance technicians or potentially like a fabricator or a welder, but they're not a full-time uh, welding shop or fabricator. And they're just looking to get some basically SOPs or standard operating procedures on the books and in which they can qualify a few or a couple people when they want <clears throat> but also to give their guys some incentive to practice their welding or gain better welding ability so that they can make some repairs on their own, on their own piping or their own structures or some of their own equipment that doesn't require, you know, stamp work um, just to fix, you know, minor leaks, what have you, uh, and make sure they are doing it to the proper manner. And then that the guys that are doing the work, uh, could be compensated a little bit better because they have that ability. Gotcha. Understood. But it's kind of, it's kind of a neat to see this brand, you know, kind of come together, understand, you know, what services can we offer? Uh, I like we kind of hear now, you know, Sam's kind of the welding expert. Uh, I'm kind of generating, uh, becoming this, uh, kind of the process improvement side of things. Um, so I, as we kind of grow here at KCM engineering, you know, we're going to kind of, provide more detail on those services that we can provide. And hopefully this podcast is kind of a long-term discussion or a long-form discussion that we can, can provide those details. Um, and I think every podcast is going to have some sort of personal uh, update from, you know, myself, Sam, or any other guests that we might have on. Um, and one of the things I did want to kind of tag on to that was, um, you know, there's that he this huge movement or push for AI and all this stuff. So there's so many things you can do to kind of like use AI to generate content and that sort of thing. But I think what, what this podcast and our brand is going to kind of really lean on is, you know, our personal experiences, um, things we like to do outside of work, but also, you know, we really enjoy these services that we're like uh, offering, you know, the, the, the tasks that are related to these services, um, we enjoy doing them just like we enjoy hunting and uh, any other extracurricular activities that we might partake in. But um, we really enjoy what we're doing. And that's kind of what this podcast is about is discussing those things. And then, um, you know, just being a, of service to the people that uh, would need it. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. I think that as we hopefully now are going to get back on a more regular schedule with, you know, making this podcast or doing this podcast and setting up time every week to, you know, record one or, you know, hopefully we can record a few here and, you know, a few extra ones here and there to help us out, you know, with you having a kid, the holidays coming up and such that, yeah, we can just continue to let people know uh, what services we're offering, you know, a little bit of life updates from us, 
and uh, continue maybe to grow like a little bit of an audience and get our name out there with the people that are, you know, potentially interested in using our services or working with us. And uh, even if, even if it's just a, a few people, that's always, you know, you've got to start somewhere. So this is again, kind of our relaunch of our podcast. I think this might be episode five or six at when it's uh when we actually get it posted, but I think that's a, a great way for us to continue to move forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sam, do you have any other things you wanted to mention on this pod? Uh, I don't think so. Not for today. Um, I think that, you know, really, I know a lot of companies don't have degreed welding engineers or maybe can't justify a degreed welding engineer, you know, just due to their size or maybe they do, you do a lot of, uh, the same type of fabrication over and over again. But if you're ever looking for an outside perspective and process improvement or welding engineering, uh, you know, definitely that's what we're here for. Yeah, absolutely. So reach out, let us know. Um, we're on LinkedIn for now. Uh, we might have more socials or a website coming in um, the next several months. But uh, thank you guys all for tuning in. Um, we'll catch you later on the next one. Okay, sounds good, buddy. You have a good day.